I am very grateful to be here this morning. I'm always blessed to be here with my CWC family. Um, I'm always an honor. It's always a great privilege. And I am so blessed by your pastors. Um, I was telling my mom, I truly believe that you guys are blessed with great pastors. You guys are, yes, you've got to give it to them. Amen. Two weeks ago, I know Nate brought it up, but two weeks ago, I just want to say you guys put on an awesome conference two weeks ago. It was really life-changing. It was really great. I really got ministered to. And I remember on my way home, I was telling my dad, I go, I go, Dad, I go, you know, I always love your sermons. I love Pastor Angel. To me, Pastor Angel is one of the greatest speakers I know. And I go, yes, he is. Good clap for that. <laughs> but I told him, but you know who my favorite uh, speaker that day was? Was Pastor D. She tore up the house. She did. <laughs> she, she, when she talked about pain and she talked about things that she was coming up with, things about the one with the leprosy with the doctor and talked about the needle. Man, that was some great stuff. And, you know, I've still been chewing on that word. I, I've been still chewing on because I don't know about you, and this is what I'm going to kind of talk about this morning, is that sometimes when, when we go through pain, sometimes we think like, man, God is mad at us, or we think like, man, what's going on? But sometimes it's the pain that leads you to your next destiny moment. So you can never cancel a pain. Pain is the indicator that something's about to change, you know? Remember the Rocky movies when, when Rocky IV, when, uh, when, when uh, Duke told Rocky, he's uh, tell my favorite part when he's training and Rocky, you know, going to get ready to fight the Russian, he goes, no pain, no pain, no pain. And he knows he's going to get pain. But to me, it's just, it's just what a great word that you know, Pastor D brought this morning. If you guys go open up your Bibles, I'm going to be real quick this morning. I believe that God has a word for me this morning. Um, if you guys go open up your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm sorry, this first time I really preach out of Bible. I always have my tablet, but they're borrowing my tablet this morning at my church. So I'm kind of going old school with the Bible. So, um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse... 7 through 9, and then you could go from verse 16 to 18. And I'm going to read it. This says, we know we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like a fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. Verse 8, one of my favorite scriptures says that, we are pressed on every side by troubles. How many of you sometimes been pressed by troubles this past year? Okay. But I got to encourage the word. But the word says, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. That's the good news. Because maybe you feel like, man, where is God at? Why am I going through this? But the good news, God will never leave you and forsake you. Okay, that is the promise that you have in God that he will never leave you or abandon you. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And now I'm going to jump to verse 16 and says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, 
Our spirits are being renewed every day. What the author is saying, maybe some of you are going through a battle physically. And you feel like, man, it's getting worse every day. But in the midst of your body going through what's going through, your spirit, if you trust in God, is going to get renewed every morning. Okay, that is the faith that we have. Maybe you're going through an emotional um, a, a drama or emotional battles. you got to remember, yeah, you're going through the battle, but your faith is growing inside of you. That is what the promise we have for God. For our present troubles are small, and it won't last very long. That is something right there, right there. Your troubles won't last forever. Okay? Yes, you're going to cry. Yes, you're going to feel like you want to scream your lungs out. Maybe you're mad at your husband, your wife, your family. You're mad at why we're getting nothing but bills. But I come that trouble don't last forever. The Bible says that weeping may endure for the night. Yes, you're going to cry. All right? And it's okay to cry. But that's the season of crying. You may cry all night, but guess what? Joy comes in the morning. And I don't know about you, but I need some joy in the morning. Okay? I could handle, I can handle the pain, but I know that joy is going to come in the morning. He said, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. And verse 18 said, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Today, I want to talk about this subject, unseen faith. Because there are certain things as a believer that God wants to show us. And I truly, how do, how do we access the things that God has for our lives? And it's through one word, faith. Okay? And what Paul was trying to encourage the Corinthian believers, yes, you're going through persecution. Yes, you're going through a battle. But don't fix your eyes on the problem. Fix your eyes on Christ. Okay, because if you fix your eyes on the problem, you're going to get hurt. You're going to you're going to feel like you're destroyed and the weight of the world is going to take you out. But if you fix your eyes on Christ, come on, your faith begins to grow and then you can look at your trouble. Yes, I'm going through trouble. But I love what this verse says. But it's producing a glory. Come on. It's producing a glory inside of me that I am better. I am stronger. I am more wiser going through this trial. How many of you that at the times of your trials that you feel like, man, I can't make it. But when you look back what God has taken you from and took you out of your trouble, you say, God, I thank God for those trials. I thank God for that persecution because it made me stronger. This past week, we had a tragedy that hit our church family. There was a family that was tending our church for many years. And they moved to Texas like seven years ago. And we hadn't seen them for a long time. So last Sunday, when I was preaching at my, at my church, they showed up to church and... 
And it was good to see them. I was talking to the husband and wife and their two kids. And kids were, were little. Last time I seen them, now they're all big. And they're telling me how good they're doing in Texas and everything. And then Thursday night, around, it was like around 11.30, around close to midnight, my mom calls me and says, Son, you know that couple that came to church? Yeah. Well, their youngest son overdosed. Like, what? We just seen him in church Sunday. Yeah. He overdosed with painkillers and alcohol. And after hearing that, my spirit, my spirit's like, wow, I remember seeing videos of him being in the youth and he had his hands up and, you know, you know, crying out to God. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. So that night, you know, I don't know if you ever hear news like that. I can't sleep, you know. So I was in my prayer closet and I was like, God, like, and I had another sermon. But I was like, God, why? This young man with so much potential, so much ability, so much things that, that he had to offer this world. What happened? You know, what happened to his faith? You know? And, and I was reading through, his, through their Instagram. The family was posting. I, some people are saying that he was battling with depression. And, and, I was, and I started looking at depression. Sometimes depression, nobody can see what depression goes because depression is on the inside job. Depression will kill you inside first. People sometimes won't recognize it because he was a happy kid. You wouldn't know on the outside that he was battling that. So I said, okay, okay God, take me back to the drawing board because... Why is that somebody that grew up in church that knew the Lord to end up like that, you know? And, and the Spirit of God told me is because sometimes people lose faith. We are living in a day, church, that these are crazy times that we're living in, Okay? With this COVID virus in the last two years, it's just been crazy. It's just been all hell, right? Now, with the political war, now with everything about having a civil war, a lot of things are going on. Crazy. And I know a lot of people are losing faith. A lot of people are losing hope. A lot of people, I know some people, a friend of mine told me, I give up. I give up on God. I give up on ministry. I give up. I'm done. And I tell him, why are you losing your faith? Why are you losing your hope? He goes, man, it's not working for me. So in my prayer time yesterday, I say, God, okay, I need some answers. Okay? Because when I read the word of God, I just don't read it just to pick a cute sermon and give it to everybody. I have to, I have to let it speak to me. Because the word of God is my life. The word of God is my food. And I need to, I have, I'm wrestling with, I, with things and I'm wrestling with stuff that's going on and I need an answer from God. I don't need an answer for Oprah Winfrey or Dr. Phil. I need an answer for God. I need an answer, God, from the Word. And then God says, okay, are you ready? Are you ready to take notes? All right, God. Okay, I was like, all right. Then he opens to me Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. If you're taking notes, write these down because, man, 
these will be a blessing to you. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Okay, the book of Ephesians is the book for young believers who want to know their identity in Christ, okay? And what I love what Paul was saying, that we have every spiritual blessings, okay? We got not just some, but we got every spiritual blessing in what? Heavenly places, okay? We got your financial blessing, your healing, your miracle, your family's deliverance, everything you need is in heavenly places. But the problem is, it's in heavenly places, okay, God? I know you're calling me to to be a lender, not a borrower, but the problem, God, I got to pay my rent. Where, where's the money at? I know you said it's in heavenly places, but I need it over here, right? How many of you need a miracle from God? You say, God, I need a miracle. And you say, where is it at? Where's my blessing? Where's my healing? Where's my deliverance? Where's my family's deliverance? You quote the scriptures. You're like, God, where is it at? It's in heavenly places. So I began to wrestle with that. Okay, God, if you said it's in heavenly places, how can I transfer there to that realm, to this realm, right? Because I got desires from God. I got blessings from God. God has given me the desires of my heart, but sometimes say, God, why am I not seeing them come to pass? But because they're in heavenly places. Then God put in my scripture, go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Okay? The evidence of things that not seen. Okay? That's what faith is. Okay? So when I begin to read that scripture, it, it began to minister to me is because faith is the vehicle to unlock those blessings. Okay? If you could get this, if, if you could get this in your spirit, like it's been ministering to my spirit, because everything that I need is in heavenly places. But now I got to have faith. Come on. Faith that I am going to unlock those blessings. I know Pastor Angel's talking about being a kingdom, being a kingdom culture. This is part of the kingdom, okay? Jesus, let me tell you, Jesus didn't preach about religion, okay? He did it. Jesus preached a kingdom message. He said, for the kingdom of God is like a man that sows. He, every time you look for Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and even John, said the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, okay? Why the kingdom? Because the kingdom, see, God, it's hard to go understand a kingdom message because we live in a democracy, right? We live, we vote somebody in or we vote somebody out, okay? We got the Republicans, you're a Democrat. But in the kingdom, it's not a democracy. There is only one king and he rules everything, right? Okay, so Jesus says, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. I have given you the keys for every spiritual blessing, every financial blessing, but you got to come unto me by faith. See, what is so awesome 
Every four years, you vote somebody in, you vote somebody out. If the president is lucky, he could serve two terms. But the but that's the problem. We're always voting in, always voting out. They're saying that empty promises. But Jesus, you can't vote him out. You can't vote him in. He's God. So when God says, I'm going to bless you, you got to take that to the bank by faith and say, you know what? My family are going to get saved. My children are blessed. Their children will be blessed. And people are saying, but I don't see it. You don't have to see it. I know it's there by faith. <laughs> faith is the vehicle. The great Charles Spurgeon said this. He broke down the word substance and evidence. He says substance means assurance. Guaranteed. <laughs> so... Whatever you pray for, if you believe it by faith, it means that God has a guarantee for you. So some of you say, man, I need help financially. COVID really did a number on me. I lost my job. I've been applying. I'm not getting luck. But if you put your faith in God, the Bible says our God owns a cattle of a thousand hills, man. And God says, if I could bless them, I could bless you. But you got to take it by faith. And substance means it's the assurance guaranteed. How many of you have an iPhone? Right? Everything on the iPhone, and when you buy the when you buy the phone, they give you what a guaranteed. Something happens to the phone, you're guaranteed your money back, or you're guaranteed to give you a new phone. Right? That's what God does. He is putting His name on the line. See, God don't want to see you broke. Busted or disgusted. He don't want to see his children in pain and hurting. Yes, sometimes we're going to go through the trials. But at the end of it, God wants you to grow. God wants you to triumphant. God wants to bless you. So what God says, I am going to put faith inside of them so they can unlock the mysteries of God. They could get their financial blessing. They could get their emotional blessing. They could get their blessings for their children. But you're going to access by faith. The word evidence means conviction and proof of existence. Powerful word. You may not see it, but it's there. Paul said in the book of Romans says, call those things that are not as though they really are. See, when you have faith, you're going to look crazy. Sometimes you got to have crazy faith. I call it having Prozac faith, right? Faith that does not make sense, okay? That's where you begin to operate into another realm when people see, man, these crazy Man, why are they believing? Why are they showing up on Wednesdays? Why are they showing up on Sunday? Why are they lifting up their hands? Why are they, 
you know what, you know, you know, all the hell that they're going through, they're still going to church, they're still paying the tithes. And then you have the critics say, why pay your tithes? The pastor's going to go use it to buy yourself a new car, a new house. You go buy yourself something. Right? I always heard that growing up. Man, your dad just wants to take money from the church and all this stuff and go buy yourself. It's crazy because they don't understand the principle of giving. They don't understand the principle when you put your trust in God, God begins to bless you back. Unfathomed soul returns. So, now, now we know that faith is the vehicle. So how do we get faith? Okay. Then God said, go to Romans 10, 17. And it says, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the word of God. So you get faith by hearing the word of God. Every time you come to church, every time that your pastor is preaching, every time Pastor D is speaking, they are not just saying things just to say things. What they're doing, they are throwing seeds into your future. And it's up to you to grab a hold of it. That's why it's so important to not miss the word. Let me tell you this. Saying doesn't care if a church worship because remember he was a worship leader, right? But Satan is scared of a church that prays and a church that is full of the word of God. Mm. Because when you have the word of God in life, when you have it planted in you, when circumstances come, when trials come, you can begin to speak the word. When you have a financial problem, you say, hey, you know what, devil? My God says, I am going to be a lender. I'm not going to be a borrower. No weapon formed against me shall prosper because I am a blessed man. But it comes to hearing the word of God. In Matthew chapter 13, when you have a chance, read this. It's a parable that Jesus begins to illustrate. And I'm, and I'm going to just break it down a little bit. I can't read the whole chapter. But it's so powerful because if you want to know what type of person you are in the kingdom, you need to read this chapter. Chapter 13 breaks down. Jesus says that the kingdom is like a farmer that throws seeds. And I'm going to paraphrase it. That when the sower throws a seed, the Bible says that the birds... Snatches the seed from the ground. Okay? Then the second he thing, the sower throws the seed on the ground and begins to grow. But because it was not planted right, the thorns begin to choke out the word. Begin to, to choke out the seed. Then he said, there's a last group of people that let the seed fall on good ground and they began to grow and the bible says they got a, a hundred sixty thirty times investment how many of you want a hundred sixty thirty times invested in your finances right i know i do 
So Jesus says, just telling his disciples, he's telling these people that hear him, which one is you? And then after the disciples begin to walk and says, okay, God, because Jesus begins to show them the meaning behind the parable. And, and, and Peter says, well, why didn't you just tell them the, the meaning of the parable? Why did you just throw them with the, why did you just throw them with the parable and you just dropped the mic on them and you, you bounced out? And then Peter said, and then Jesus told Peter, they only can handle parables, but you guys can handle the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And he began to, to speak in examination. He says that there is people, listen, because I've been all three, and I'm trying to be like the last one. Okay, I grew up in church. I was raised in church. I was like the first one. When my dad was preaching, I was there physically, but during football season, I was thinking about the scores. My mind was somewhere else. And the word of God was, was being preached, but I couldn't understand it because I started letting the enemy run rapid through my mind. And like the parable, it got snatched away from me. Then I was like the second one. Sometimes I did pay attention. I remember, I will never forget the first time I heard Pastor Angel preach at my church. This is back like in 96, 97. I was young. And he looked like a quiet guy. I, you know, I was like, you know. But the first time I heard this guy preach, I was like, man, this guy, like, preaches like fire. Like, this guy was all there screaming, yelling. Like, and it got me excited. It's like, wow, man. I go, Dad, you got to bring this guy every Sunday, man. This guy is good, you know. And I began to hear the word. And then I began to say, you know what? You know what? I need to change, you know. You know, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. This is in high school, okay. The next day, go to school. Forget taking the Bible. I was like, ah, you know, that was good for Sunday, you know. You know, I, I'm going to go chase after girls and all that stuff and chase after things and stuff like God. Okay, thank you for Sunday, but I lost interest. I lost interest. And I was like the second one that, that life choked the word. And then, like brother was saying, when I was 19 years old, I don't want to get too much of my testimony. I went, I was going through stuff. Our family was going through persecution. My sister was going through a battle. We, we, we were all going through some stuff. The church was going through some stuff. And I felt like a failure. I felt like, okay, I grew up in church. I raised in church. Why isn't the word not working for me? You know, is it because of the preacher or is it because of me? And then one day I stumbled on this verse. Say, you know what, God? It's me. Because I've been these two people. I've been these people not growing. And I decided, forget that. I want to be the third guy. I want to be the third of that. Come how a high water. I not, not let nobody stop the word of God in my life. <laughs> and when I changed my perspective... 
God began to do great things through my life. And see, I challenge you, church. We got to be a church that when we get the word of God inside of us, no devil and how could stop what God will do in this place. If a church will know their God and know what God could do, man, we got to look out. Because the word changes you. The word changes you. My question is, what are you hearing? See, we're living in a social media generation. And the problem is, sometimes we could be hearing that junk on social media. Sometimes social media is cool, but sometimes, man, there's full of drama. Through this, you see people's posts, they get crazy and stuff. And it's just, it's just like they put things out there. And, 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 and sometimes we're not careful. It, 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 it could put a, a damper mood into our spirit, and, you know. Because sometimes, I, I heard T.D. Jake says, what you put your ear to has your future. Meaning, whatever you're listening to, they are going to influence your future. What kind of music are you listening to? See, back in high school, I was, I was listening to Christian music. I want to be real. Sorry, Dad or Mom, you're watching, but I was not listening to Christian music. I was listening to Jay-Z, Tupac, and... You know, you know, uh, uh, you know, Puff Daddy, and that's that's old school days right there. So, DMX, Rough Riders, and then one day I was like, "Why am I depressed, man?" <laughs> you know, I was there trying to beat Thug Life, like Tupac and stuff. Because see, what you hear, what it does, if you're not careful, it could go on the inside, and you're going to start acting like them, right? Think about Tupac. A lot of his lyrics was about depression. By killing himself, by going to hell. Right? And see, we're not careful. We can imitate those things. Problem is, a friend told me, sometimes people could be on 10 hours. On your phone, it tells you how many hours on your phone now. shows you how many hours are on your phone now, right? The other day, I looked up, man, I was on my phone for 15 hours. Dang! And then my friend tells me, he was like, how many minutes were you in your word? Right, you know. <laughs> I was like, okay, dude, come on now. But it's so true what he was saying. Okay, hey, I, I'm guilty in that. Listen, I, I'm not the perfect man up here. I tell you, I, I, I wrestle. But when he said that, I thought about that. Man, if I could spend 10 hours in my word, just shut off the phone for a while and all the craziness, all that stuff, and get into the word, oh, you will be amazed what you could get from the Word of God. Okay? When you step into the Word, then, man, you start reading Scripture. It feels good. When you read a Scripture, I could do all things to Christ. Well, you know what? I could do all things to Christ. And then you begin to say it over your spirit. I can do all things to Christ. And, and then your faith begins to grow. Why? Because God put it that way. Because if we are going to have faith, to do the impossible, we got to start growing in the Word. See, we can see songs, God, you move mountains. We have faith for the mountains. Sometimes it's easier to say it than to actually believe it. But that's where faith goes. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, verse 29, Jesus tells Peter, this is where Peter, when Jesus, there was a storm, and Jesus was walking on water, and Jesus told Peter to come. 
And Peter had a decision. Do I leave my comfort zone? Do I leave with everything that I have known? And Jesus says, come, okay? And we all know the story. Jesus walked on water. Actually, Jesus, Peter did not walk on water. It's impossible to walk on water. But Peter walked on the word of God. See, when you walk on the word of God, you could walk on water. Because when you are standing now by faith, by the word of God, you're going to do things you never thought you were doing. God will take you places that you never thought you could do. I'm speaking to some people that God has been putting in your heart to start a business. But you say, wow, it's not the right time. You know, the economy. You know, it's not the right time. I don't have the financer, but God is putting in your heart. You need to start a business. Are we going to be like Peter? Stay in the boat? Or are we going to step out on God's word? Okay? Because that is where, that's where the adventure is. The adventure is not in the boat. Okay? The adventure is walking on water. Okay? And what God wants to do this year, and I told God, if I've been staying in the boat too long, rock the boat and take me out of the boat. Because I want to walk on the word of God. I truly believe that God has blessings. God has opportunities. God wants to take this church to another level. God wants to take your life to another level. But it's not going to be when you're staying in the boat and being comfortable. No, God says you got to get out of the boat to see the impossibles, to see the miracles, to see the miraculous. It all happens when you walk on the word of God. 22 years ago, I never thought I'd be preaching here. I didn't want to be a preacher. I want to be a basketball coach. I don't want to be preaching, but God been stirring something. Hey, I didn't call you to be a coach. I called you to be a preacher. I called you to be a fisher of men. I called you to reach a generation. And, you know, throughout the years, yes, I struggled. Yes, I made some mistakes. Yes, I've blown it sometimes. But there was something on the inside that keep on pushing me and said, you know what? I got to keep going. I may be broke, but I'm going to keep going. It may hurt sometimes, but I'm going to keep on going. Let me ask you this. One word from God could change your life. If you could believe that, one word from God could change your marriage situation. One word from God could bring back your prodigal sons and daughters to the house of God. One word of God will, will, will take you from at a workplace where your job hates your guts. The next thing, he's going to find favor in your work. Because it's not about the economy, it's about the word of God. One word of God could take, take you from the floor house to the penthouse. Uh, that's why with, with John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The word repent means restructure, change your mind. Pent means we get the word penthouse. See, sometimes we're thinking of the ground floor, and God wants you to think from a penthouse. When you're in a penthouse, you're in the top of the building. 
God wants you to start thinking like that. God don't want you to think you're all broke, busted, and disgusted, know how you're going to pay your bills, and know how you're going to feed your family, or you know how you're going to get your miracle, or your family's miracle. God says, stop thinking down here. We need to start thinking up here, because where you see it determines what you see. What you see determines what you do. That's why Jesus says we are seated in heavenly places. Don't let the enemy lie to you. He says, man... You can't change. You cannot let the enemy tell you, man, you don't have what it takes. You didn't graduate from high school. You didn't graduate from college. If you look through the word of God, God used guys like David. God used like Noah. God used Ruth. God used normal people to do supernatural things. And God could use you. You got to have faith. You got to have faith. So our job is when we hear the word, we can't just hear it. We got to conceive it. We got to conceive it in our heart. That's where true transformation comes. It comes from the head to the heart. That's when we begin to grow. That's when people say, hey, you change. Man, there's something different about you. See, the problem that we have in church, we think that the anointed is only for the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, the worship team. We think that's it. Yes, they have callings. Yes, there's evangelists. Did you know in America, there's only 3% of ministers that are full-time, could be pastors, associate pastors, worship leaders, 3% are on staff, meaning 97% have a regular job, right? And the, and the book I was reading, he says, so 97%, so how do we influence a culture? See, Pastor Angel can influence people from your work. He can speak life into the people at your jobs, right? But you can. Mm-hmm. You're the pastor on third shift. So wherever you hear your pastor, Pastor D speaking, you go bring revival over there. You go to your work, and, and when people say, why are you so happy? Why are you so blessed? And that's when you say, you know why I'm so blessed? Because I serve Jesus, and I go to an amazing church. And let me tell you something, what they're doing to me, what God is doing to me. I am blessed because I serve an amazing God, and God put me in a house with amazing pastors. And if you want what I have... Come to my church. But if you need salvation, we don't have to wait to come in a church building. You can have it right there and now. So you are the ambassadors of Christ. You are the ones that can lead your family to Christ. You are the ones that when somebody's going to depression, you don't have to call Pastor Angel. You don't have to call Pastor D. You can do it. Because you are anointed. Because you got the authority of Christ. You gotta put your oil on your hands and start speaking. Oh, you gotta, you parents, and when your children are sick, you don't need Pastor Angel to put oil on their, on your kids. You go get an oil from yourself and you put it on your children and start declaring the miracles of God. When I became, 
a, a youth leader. They said, my youth pastor put me in, so okay, we're not going to put you as a youth pastor yet, but we're going to put you in the junior high. Okay, see what you can do with the junior high. I was okay. So what I did, I had a friend build me a little pulpit. Okay. And then next thing, I threw all the Sunday school material away. Bought it, threw it in the trash. You know, you know, nothing wrong with that, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to start preaching. I may not preach in the big church yet, but I'm going to start developing my gifts. So... I heard a sermon by Bishop T.D. Jake says that if you can't get where you're at, this thing goes, sometimes we're waiting for to speak in big places. He says, build your own stage. And that's always been a word that stuck to me. Build your own stage. And I did. Brother, I began to build my stage on Wednesday night. I started preaching. I started teaching. And I just, at first, these kids are just looking at me like, man, this guy is crazy, man. This guy's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, man. He's like, what? Like, why is he screaming? But I began to preach. I began to teach. And then for weeks, they were like, little by little, they were like this. And then I just see it. Their bodies begin to change. And I never forget one Wednesday night, we had over like 45 junior high kids, right? And... And they're bringing their friends, and, and, and we began to grow. And the enemy said, go, no, don't go there start screaming, yelling. Now you're having a bigger audience. But God said, no, you got to keep on preaching like you see it. So I was preaching tea. Boom. Next thing you know, I don't know what happened. I, I, I did an altar call. And when I opened the altar call, all the kids went up. And I was like, wow. The next thing I know, it, I was laying hands on the kids. And the young, and the young kids were falling in the spirit of God. Well, our church service on Wednesday nights for an hour. So the parents were waiting for 45 minutes because all their kids were slain in the Holy Spirit. And, and my youth pastor is like, dude, what are you doing? I go, no, I'm not waiting to get the, the, the break of my life. I am maximizing my gifts right here. I'm building my own stage because you know what? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And I might be the only hope that they are going to hear. And you know what's so awesome? Years later, they remember that experience. So what I'm trying to say, it doesn't matter what your gifts are. If you get plugged into the word of God, if you get plugged in what God's calling you to do, nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. Because the word will begin to work for you. The last thing what we not to do, what we need to do, first, like I say, hear the word of God, let it let it conceive in our heart. And the last one, we gotta meditate on it. We gotta meditate on it. See, meditation didn't come from Buddha. Didn't come from an Easter religion out there. Meditation came from the Word of God. It's not only thing just to hear the Word, but we got to meditate on it. We got to meditate day and night. Every Sunday, because I do the multimedia in my church, it's hard for me to hear my dad's messages because I'm moving around. Uh, Make sure cameras are right. So it's hard for me to hear the word. So what I do is Sunday afternoon, 
I'll go to my quiet place and I'll hear the message. And in my room, I have a whiteboard. So I begin to write what the message speaks to me. And I begin to meditate. Then, after I hear my dad's message, I watch your guys' service. I put on the worship. You know? And then after worship, I'll hear Pastor Angel preach. Because Pastor Angel is my spiritual father. So I feel my blessings come through him and Pastor D. So every Sunday I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'm hearing what my, my pastor's preaching. But I'm also hearing what my spiritual pastor's saying. And I'm hearing and I'm meditating it. And I'm growing and I'm growing. Because when I see, that's how you know when the word is growing, it makes you jump up. That's when we say, man, I got to change. Because the word will set you free. No drugs, no alcohol will never set you free like the word of God. You can't. Because the Bible is a sword that cuts. Yes, sometimes the word of God will cut you. But guess what? After you get cut up, God begins to heal you. God begins to bandage you up. God begins to prepare you. God begins to show you things for your future. And that's what meditation does. I'm going to read this last Psalms chapter 1. And then I'm going to close with this. In my prayer yesterday, church. In my prayer. I said, God. I know by faith. You said that we can access everything we ask for by faith. And you said that. That we get it in our hearts and our spirit. I want to be blessed. Okay. See, sometimes we get caught up with blessing with money. How much money in your bank account determines how blessed you are. That's not true. You could be broke, but you could still be blessed. No matter what kind of car you have, you could be riding a bike to church and you're still blessed. Blessed is not about money. I, I was telling my church last week, blessed is about friendships. That's a blessing. If you have friends, if you have people in your, in your life that could speak to you, you're blessed. That's a blessing. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, I'm going to read it down. When he had time, um, meditate on these scriptures. This is what David, you all know who King David was, right? The greatest king of Israel, right? He was one of my favorite heroes in the word of God. Him and Apostle Paul. And he wrote this. And I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. It says, Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or join with the mockers. See, sometimes we don't get our blessing because we're taking counsel of the wrong people. You know what's crazy? That I see marriage people that are going through marriageable problems instead of going to their pastor or first going to God and to their pastors. They're going on to reality TV and watching Desperate Housewives or Real Housewives of Chicago. And they think, man, these people have something that can offer us. But it's crazy. All those women that are on those shows have been divorced like seven times. Okay? How are they going to give you, you know, some good advice and they're messed up themselves? What about single people instead of, you know, um, 
praying to God for your Boaz or for your Esther and praying to your pastors and getting, you know, with God, what I need to do. Instead, we're going on the bachelor. We're going on the bachelorette. We're going on Love Island. And you're, you're, you're thinking all these shows have the, 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 they have the guys and the girls and you're thinking, man, that's a high value man should look like or a high value show woman look like. But all these people are all messed up inside. Because the problem is, we're looking at outside sources. So that's what David says. Blessed is the man. If you want to be blessed, CWC, color Dinuba, you have to follow this principle. It says, don't go after advice for the wicked, because they can't do nothing for you. But he says in verse 2, but they delight in the law of God. Meditating on it day and night. David says, when you put the word into action and you begin to meditate day and night, you're going to be blessed. Your family's going to be blessed. Your finances are going to overtake you. You're going to be the lead and not a borrower. You're going to be an overcomer. But it's not about what you're putting your ears to outside. It's about where you're putting your word into the word of God. I told God, I want to be blessed. In 2022. And watch this. Verse 3 says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, and their leaves never wither away. And they prosper. How many want to prosper in everything you do? I want to prosper. I just don't want to make it. Paycheck to paycheck. I told God, no, I want you to bless me so much that I could bless other people and I can help other people. And after hearing that story about that young man, that news I got a young man, I told God, I will never let anybody that will hear about the word of God lose their faith. And I kind of tell you today, when you put your trust in God, when you put your trust on the word of God, like the word of God says, you will never fade away, man. You'll be prospering in your business. You'll be prospering in your marriage. You'll be prosperous in your children. Your children will be prospering. Everything you touch will be prosperous because you put your trust in God. Everybody can stand up this morning. I know this is not a kind of message that... get you everybody all jumping and shouting but this is a message I believe is important because we are living like crazy times right now church we're living in days of uncertainty people are scared to come out of the house because of COVID yes we got to be smart yes we have to yes we got to have wisdom but don't let fear drive you away from what God wants you to have You got to put your trust in God. You got to put your trust in the Word. Even some days when you don't feel like it, say, God, I may not feel like, but I'm going to get into your Word. I'm going to get into my prayer life. Everybody could close their eyes this morning. I want to open up this first altar call. And people say, Preacher, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even feel like coming today. I feel like life is taking me 
to different corners, different turns, and I'm hurting. I made a I made a I made a mess out of my life, and I need God. I'm hurting inside. I'm dealing with things emotionally. I need a savior this morning. If that's you, I want you to come. If that's you this morning, I want you to come. God wants to heal you this morning. Twenty-two years ago, I had to come to an altar. And I didn't have a church building to go to. I had to lay. On my bed and cry out to God. Say, God, I need you. I need you. I can't do life without you. And what's so awesome, God showed up in my room that night. And he burned something into me. That's you, I just want you to come. altar calls to people I'm going to make where people said man I need I, I need a financial miracle or I need a healing in my body if that's you I want you to come I want you to come Open up for you this morning. 